what is happening? Happy Monday to you. What is it? It is October 17, 2022. What is going on with you? Hope you guys had a great weekend. Let's get right to it. Get to the headlines. Um, and then I got some stories lined up for you. So it's going to be quick headlines. Just the top of the top of the page type of uh, discussion here. Uh, real quick. Yeah, let's just get to it. I was going to tell you something about what I'm planning on doing this week. First off, the top story is what are kamikaze drones? Here's how Russia and Ukraine are using them. I guess they're bombing each other with man, you know, uh, manless drones. There's video of it. I'm going to take a look at it real quick. You're going to hear something. And I'll just tell you what I'm seeing. I'm just seeing a lot of explosions and a lot of devastation. <laughs> I mean, what do you expect in war, right? I'm trying to see if there's any video of these drones. I They're very strange to see. They're like triangle-shaped. And there's some just more explosions. And it, it it's like about three hours of this. Wow. Okay, I'm not going to get into all that. But it looks like they're using unmanned drones. Or what do I call it? Manless drones? <laughs> Uh, here's a, here's one from Wall Street Journal. It says, Kyiv hit by drone attacks as Russia targets infrastructure. Uh, here's one, New York Times, Trump hotels charge Secret Service exorbitant rates, House inquiry fines. So the House of Representatives is looking to take out Trump before they get kicked out in November. So they are in a desperate mode, you can tell. I think it was like uh, they charged him like sixteen hundred bucks or something a night or something. I don't know what the hell it was. I'm not going to get into it. It's just it, 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 this is coming from the New York Times and the Washington Post. So what do you expect, right? Left wing rags. They're they're just going to trash on Trump all the way until November eighth, just to make him look bad. I'm not going to get into it. DOJ seeks six month six months in prison for uh, Steve Bannon and a two hundred thousand dollar fine over contempt conviction. So he's looking at six months. That's what they want to give him. I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, come on. I, I don't know. Six months isn't long. I mean, if I, I don't know how federal prison is works or anything like that, but if he does half time, he'll be out in three months or something like that, or two thirds. He'll be out in what? Four months, four and a half, whatever. Steve Bannon, he'll be all right. Georgia Senate contender Herschel Walker fails to show for key debate. Raphael Warnock debates libertarian Chase Oliver as Herschel Walker declines invitation. Yeah, you know, that's what I watched. I watched a replay of that Herschel Walker, uh, Raphael Warnock debate in, in Georgia. Let me tell you something, man. You guys, on whoever thought Herschel Walker was going to go down easy, he did not. He did absolutely fantastic. He, he blew her. He totally knocked Warnock off his pedestal. He called him out on so much bullshit. I, I really should dig up some audio on that. But Herschel Walker did really, really well. So congrats to him, man. He he showed up. And, and Warnock, he called Warnock out, out on his... Uh, oh, there was one thing that he did call him out on. And it was like this whole thing about evicting all the people from... I guess they had this... Warnock's got some sort of church or something like that. He's involved. Some sort of... He's in a church, and what they do is they provide shelter uh, for low-income families or whatever like that. And so I guess uh, he ended up passing, you know, shooting out a lot of eviction notices on these families and throwing them out in the street or something like that. 
And uh, I don't know. Herschel Walker called him out on it, you know. <laughs> it was just kind of funny. You, you've really got to look for that, that, that debate. It was really interesting. I mean, Herschel did a great job. So, I mean, if he turned down another invite to, to debate Warnock, good. You know, Warnock had a chance to, to prove himself. And all he did was echo the same thing the rest of these progressives were echoing in other parts of the country trying to get elected. You know what I mean? They just lie. They're saying, oh, yeah, we're, from, we're, we're all for funding the police and, and all this other shit. And, you know, they're total opposite. You know, they just blowing smoke up people's asses, <laughs> you know, and Warnock's a fraud. So good for Herschel knocking him out. Moving on. Uh, here's one. I'm, I think I'm going to click on this. It just says Bear Mall's 10-year-old in grandparents' uh, house or backyard. Take a listen to this. Mm, just says, this is in Morris, in Con- in Morris Connecticut, a 250-pound, uh, I guess 113-kilogram. Black bear mauled a 10-year-old boy playing in his grandparents' backyard in Connecticut and tried to drag him away before the animal was fatally shot by police. The child was attacked about 11 a.m. on Sunday in the town of Morris. The State Department of Energy and Environmental Protection said he was taken to a hospital for treatment of injuries that were not life-threatening. Republicans hold new polling advantage for taking back Congress. New York Times poll states... It says right here, this comes from Fox, says female Democrat voters tell New York Times they're shifting to GOP over economic concerns geared towards business. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, it's going to get really, 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 really crazy going into November 8th. They know they're losing power. They know some people are going to be investigated. It's going to be very interesting. They know that their, their shit agenda is shutting down. Biden won't be able to push anything through. And anything uh, the GOP tries to push through, Biden will veto. So it's just going to be, we're all going to be in a stalemate government-wise for the next two years once they, you know, take back the House, hopefully the Senate as well. And just shut them down. Shut down all this Marxist, communist bullshit we're all going through. All these high taxations, high gas prices, all the bullshit. Anything at the federal level, bring it down. Release, you know, get rid of these regulations and all this other bullshit mandates and all that other shit. Uh, something coming. This is entertainment news. Cobra Kai star Ralph Macchio explains why he turned down Will Smith's Karate Kid remake. Door was open. <laughs> I have a feeling. I don't know why. I think right now Will Smith is a little toxic, but uh, I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, he's a good actor, you know. I've said it before. He's a good actor, but no, man, you slap you slapping a boy like Chris Rock like that on national TV, thinking you're going to get away with it. I don't know, man. That's career suicide, as far as I'm concerned. But hey, to each his own. Uh, here's something. It's from the SF Gate. This is my local rag around here. Independent. Well, they say they're independent, but they're more left wing. Exodus continues. People want to leave San Francisco more than any other metro. <laughs> you think? I know a couple of people already left. They live in Arizona now. Shout out to my boy Red and my girl Tammy. Two different friends, two different parts of Arizona. Oh no, actually they're in Tucson now. So shout out to them. And they say that's pretty good down there. I don't know, man. Got an immigration issue down there? I don't know. 
Curtis Stone and Lindsay Price look smitten as they ever attended adoption event in L.A. I don't know what the hell that's all about. I don't care. You know, I don't really care about it. I, I should stop with the Hollywood bullshit. Who cares? I mean, these people are phony anyway. Hmm. Wall Street Journal says Florida coastal living reshaped by hurricane housing codes. No. Makes sense. Washington State wildfire burning out of control, forcing thousands to evacuate. This is interesting to me. All right, here's a, here's a news report. Looks like it's come from KGW News 8. I guess they're local up there in Washington State. This is about uh, the Nakia Creek Fire. That's what they call it. It's growing up to 1,500 acres, and they're evacuating people. Let's take a listen to this real quick for you guys up there in Washington State. We were actually really mellow. Uh, we felt that they had a handle on the fire. The Nakia Creek Fire near Larch Mountain has now been burning for a week, but the fire more than doubled in size Sunday, fueled by dry, windy conditions. It's burning about nine miles north of Camas, where Stephanie Warren owns a farm. She's been keeping an eye on the fire, ready to move her family and animals. We had been saying a few days ago, as long as the winds don't pick up, we should be okay. But Mother Nature had other plans, and the winds did pick up. That pushed the fire to break containment lines Sunday, forcing new evacuation orders. Now we were told that we're in the um, get set stage, get prepped. And a lot of it is also an abundance of caution. There are folks who are a little closer in and they've expanded that level three evacuation area and the two in the level one. Sharon Steridi with the Washington State Department of Natural Resources says no structure has been damaged so far. As of Sunday night, about 2,900 homes are under level three go-now orders. State officials estimate 35 to 40,000 homes are impacted, either under a be-ready, get-set, or go-now evacuation orders. We had already been prepped with kind of personal belongings in a go-bag, but um, I just felt the time that it takes to offload farm animals, we needed to start getting them, getting them gone now. Sunday afternoon, Stephanie gathered her animals, from pigs to donkeys, apples at their house and friends with trailers helped her pack up and head to safety well we're just going to get out of the farm and then my husband will stay here along with a few other neighbors to just until it's time to actually go and we've got the trailer loaded up with personal belongings while livestock are headed to the clark county fairgrounds for refuge the red cross opened a shelter for evacuees at a church in camas on northeast birch street as for stephanie she's thankful to be headed to a safer area grateful for those lending a hand to make it happen. We have a very great community of friends, and I'm very thankful that um, they've come out to help us move these animals. Yeah. I wish them all the best. And, uh, you know, wildfires are no joke, you know? You know, I'm in California. We know about the wildfires, you know, and it's really good to see that the community comes together. That's what people need, you know, help each other out. And uh, you see that, you've seen that a lot around here and when we've had the wildfires just north of where I'm at. And, uh, yeah, that's what you need is you got to really help each other out in times like this. So wish them all the best. But it looks like it grew to 2,000 acres. So, yeah, best of luck. Uh, moving on. Bloomberg takes over Pentagon advisory panel. <laughs> I don't know if that's a, I don't know. I'm not going to touch it. Uh, oh yeah, there's this, um, there was a story locally, it was, uh, it started in the Central Bay, and it kind of moved towards where I'm at, 
from Stockton, California, and there was a serial killer that was on the loose, and he killed a whole bunch of people over there. He committed a lot of homicide out in Stockton, and then I think he did one in Oakland, here in the Bay Area, and uh, they caught him. So I'm gonna take. I want to jump into this real quick. So yeah, they caught the guy who's going around bumping people off. I guess now there's an issue of who's going to get paid for ratting them out. I guess I don't know. That's what the title says. It just says right here. This is come from KCRA. Which is, it's out of uh, Sacramento. Yeah, KCRA3. And uh, this is a news report. Let's take a listen to this. This is uh, just a few minutes here. We'll see how much we, how much we get out of this real quick. I, I want to hear what's going on with this. This individual is no longer on the streets. and can no longer hurt anybody. Tonight, Stockton residents feeling some relief after an arrest was made this weekend in the city's string of connected killings. There was a $125,000 cash reward for tips leading to an arrest. And today, police tell us there will be a payout because of the community's effort in helping them solve this case. KCRA 3's Lizay Mitri spoke with police today. And Lizay, what if they have to say? Andrea, police didn't say yet if it would be one person or maybe multiple people who might get some of that reward money for their helpful tips. But they say they got a huge response from the community after opening up that tip line. And they say it worked, leading them here, making an arrest on their suspect. <laughs> There's a sense of relief today for those who live near Pinella Park in Stockton. I'm just happy that it's a little bit safe now. Here near Village Green Drive in Winslow Way, Stockton police say they arrested 43-year-old Wesley Brownlee yesterday for murder, accusing him in a string of deadly shootings that had people waiting and wondering for weeks. On edge and scared. During that time, Carolyn Hopkins says she made sure not to be out at night alone when police say the killer would strike, catching people by surprise. In some cases, they were unhoused. That was so frightening. There's so many people that sleep in this park, either in their cars or in tents or just in the park. Around the corner, Brenda Odom also lives close to where police arrested Brownlee with a gun on him as they say he was on the hunt for his next victim. It's just a very scary feeling. You know, to know that we were that, he was that close to us. Police say community tips helped them identify Brownlee as their suspect. They say they got an average of 100 a day since launching mm. a tip line a couple weeks ago. Others took matters into their own hands. A private Facebook group popped up where people shared information in hopes of putting an end to the deadly shootings. I'm so thankful to God that he was caught. So whoever the tipster was and the Stockton PD, I love them. They did it. But she hasn't forgotten the victims. One woman hurt in a shooting and six men killed. I feel so bad for the families that lost a loved one. And, you know, my heart just go out to them. Police say Brownlee had a gun in his waistband when they arrested him here, and they say they're still investigating if that was the same gun used in the deadly shootings that he's accused in. They also did not tell us if he said anything to officers either when he was arrested over here or even afterwards in a police interview. Live in Stockton, Lizay Mitri, KCRA 3 News. That's what I'm talking about, man. You know, it, first you heard the terminology they use, the unhoused. No, they're homeless. They're bums. They're grifters. They're drifters. They're drug addicts. 
These are people being pretty much coddled by the nonprofits, giving them free tents and stuff like that. See, what's happening is they release these motherfuckers out into the communities. These people, you know, release them out of, out of jail is what I'm trying to say. They release them out of jail. They release them into the communities. They got no job skills. They got no nothing going for them when they are released. I mean, many do have family members. They're probably taking them in and stuff like that. But you got guys that are just unprepared. They're, in, you know, they've probably been in jail for a long time. They're institutionalized. They have violent backgrounds. They're mentally ill. They have substance abuse, abuse issues, right? You release them into the streets. They have nowhere to go. Nonprofits give them tents, sleeping bags, and then tell them to go park their asses over into the local park. Now you got this guy over here lived in a park. And as you heard from that couple, they they lived right next to the park, did not know they had a serial killer amongst them, right there in their community. That's the problem with all this bullshit these, these progressives are doing. They're releasing prisoners out into the streets because, you know, oh, you know, they're disenfranchised or whatever. Economic strife. They couldn't defend themselves in, in, in court. We have to release these people. Unfair trials. These are, these are bad actors. These are people with criminal histories. There's a reason why there's laws put into place. These are why they need to be prosecuted and locked up because you don't want to release them out into the community or they do shit like this. That's what you got going on here. Now you got six dead guys and one dead woman. Congratulations to the, to the people who are responsible for releasing this guy into the community. And let's just say, hypothetically, he didn't even, uh, he, he wasn't a criminal. He wasn't released from jail. What the hell is he doing out in the street anyway? Obviously, this guy's probably had some sort of background. He should have been locked up, whether it be in a jail, in a mental facility. <laughs> Come on. I mean, it, God damn, man. I, I, I just, I want to pound my head into the wall every time I think about people that vote these politicians in and these politicians let these people out. It's ridiculous. At least they caught the guy. Now let's see if they can keep him locked up. But that's dependent upon the politician and the prosecutor. Don't know how San Joaquin County, how their DA works, but I don't know, man. They say they're going to hold him. I don't know. We'll see. Moving on, Senator raises alarm Saudis could share U.S. defense technology with Russia. So what? Who gives a shit? Big deal, right? Who cares? Joe Biden and his son, I mean, they're, they're, they're handing out all kinds of secrets to Iran and fucking China. <laughs> I mean, they're compromised. I mean, would it make any difference at this point? I mean, we have such a dysfunctional government. Unbelievable, man. Chinese leader Xi Jinping calls for military growth as Communist Party Congress opens. <laughs> Lovely. MasterCard will help banks offer cryptocurrency trading. Interesting. I, 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 I've tried crypto. I bought like maybe 10 bucks worth of crypto. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I just don't trust shit in the digital age now. I mean, you got motherfuckers out of Russia or wherever the fuck they are in Iran or whatever just tapping into our fucking... Our computer systems and shit like that. I don't trust that shit, man. I don't know. I like money. I like cash. I don't like putting my shit in banks or nothing like that. I, I like cash money. I would probably consider at this point, with all my savings and everything, putting it into like, you know, precious metals. You know, like maybe silver or gold or something like that. I think that's probably the smart move. At least until this whole Biden fucking administration blows blows over and goes away. Until we can get this country back into shape, I'd, I'd put my shit into fucking precious metals. 
That's just me. I'm not a financial advisor, so don't take my word for it. Uh, technology news. Apple announces spatial audio support for five Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Wow. Entertainment. Kanye West agrees to buy right-wing platformer parlor. That's from BBC. Why do they call it a right-wing thing? It's a free speech thing. So anything that, that has something to do with free speech is right-wing. So I guess uh, no free speech is a left-wing thing, right? Am I correct? It's just a place where, you know, it's a parlor, gab, rumble. They're just places, not so much, you know, conservative or right-wing. It's just a place where people can speak freely. Independents can go there. Uh, you, you got, you know, progressives to go there. I mean, look at Gavin Newsom. He went to True Social. He's on True Social. He's on Donald Trump's True Social. Gavin Newsom. <laughs> I don't know why, but hey. He's more more than happy to join in. If he wants to throw his opinions out there, that's that's his guy given right. Uh yeah, and we're going to get into the story with this whole Kanye West uh, claims George Floyd died of fentanyl. We're going to get into that whole thing. Let me just finish this up. Uh let me see. Oh, I don't know if this is a... <laughs> hold on a second. I'm gonna finish off with this because I find it kind of fascinating. Maybe I will finish off with this. I don't know. Hold on a second. Let me pop this up. Now I know many of you probably don't even give a shit. I really kind of didn't, but it just kind of jumped out at me. It says, Drew Barrymore got candid about her thoughts on intimacy in a new blog post after a fan claimed the actress hates sex. <laughs> just says, Barrymore originally commented on the news that Andrew Garfield had abstained from sex for six months while preparing for his role in silence, quoting, what's wrong with me that six months doesn't seem like a very long time? I was like, yeah, so... The actress said during an episode of her talk show, the Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore show. She's got a show? I don't watch daytime TV. Too many idiots. It says, now Barrymore has clarified that she has not been in an intimate relationship since her split from ex-husband Will Copelman in 2016. Wow. She's single, huh? It's not too bad. I had to think, you know, well, she's a little younger than I am. Well, I don't know. I remember when she was a kid, man, in E.T. and shit. And uh, in another movie, Unreconcilable Differences, where she divorced from her parents. That's an old movie, man. (laughs) That tells you how old I am when she was just a kid. She grew up looking pretty cute, and now she's getting older. Happens to the best of us. This says, says, some people can get out of marriage or relationship and in the near future find themselves in another relationship. There's nothing wrong with that. No one bit... I do not judge. I celebrate their journey because for some people, that really works. It didn't work for me, Barrymore wrote in a Sunday blog post, quoting, I needed to stay very celibate and honoring and in some sort of state of mourning of the loss of a nuclear family that I swore I would have for my daughters and to find a grace and acceptance and what our normal of a blended family would be. Okay, well, I'm not going to get too depth with that. I'm just a little shocked that she, you know, she was celibate for that long. I mean, I mean, it's good for her, you know. She's not going to catch any diseases from some stranger or anything, so good for her. <laughs> oh, boy. I think I will finish off with this because I think we got enough of Monday morning headlines. I want to get to these stories and then call it a day. All right, here's something. The View, Sonny Hostin, and Mitz Walker overperformed and Warnock underperformed in Senate debate. Hmm. So the View... 
host Sonny Hostin admitted Monday that Republican George Senate Georgia Senate candidate Herschel Walker did better than she expected in the debate and said he likely gained votes. Of course, I'm t- I just like I said, I'm telling you, he made Warnock look like a fool. <laughs> they underestimated him. Even even this dope right here, Sonny Hostin. I don't even know where the hell she came from. I think she's just a fucking uh, a lawyer they picked out of the crowd. You know what I mean? Let's see if she's got anything to say. Let me pull up, see if I can pull up some audio. Let's take a listen to her, see what she's got to say about Herschel Walker and, and Warnock debate. He did so much better than I thought he did that I think he gained votes. And I'm not talking about Warnock. I'm talking about Walker. I mean, my father said, maybe he doesn't have CTE. That was one of the first things that my father thought in listening to the way he was able to discuss issues. Um, the well, I, would, I wouldn't call it so discuss so issues. He, Come on he, now. It, it, it was it a little, it was a little stunning for I mean, me. We, we watched it and left thinking Warnock underperformed mm-hmm. and that Walker overperformed. But Senator and, Warnock was up against a higher standard. Yeah. I think coming in, the coverage of Herschel Walker has been revealing how many times he's lied about things that can immediately be proven wrong and false, and he mm-hmm. just keeps going. So I think my guess would be that when you came in, you had pretty low standards for him. We did, but I still have to say, I mean, I think that... Um, tying, trying to tie uh, Warnock to Biden's low approval was pretty smart. He looked like he had been prepped really well. There you go. See? I mean, come on. I, I told you, man. Even even that dope. That left-winger dope. She knows. Alright, let me take a break. I got, I got somebody coming up and wanting to say hi real quick. I got some stories for you real quick. Let me just tell you what's going on, what we got coming up right here. Okay, we're going to follow up on a story that's coming out of L.A. It seems like Black Lives Matter is going to camp in front of one of the council members, the brown supremacist, uh, De Leon. This is one of them. He won't resign yet, so they're trying to force him out. But I think there's a hidden agenda involved with that. We'll get into that. We'll also go ahead and we'll talk about Kanye West. Kanye West, he has an opinion that... uh, George Floyd's family is looking to sue him for having an opinion. We'll jump into that as well as uh, as well as Kanye West is considering buying Parlor, which is interesting. And also, I want to touch base with a story that's coming out of Ukraine about a, a famous sniper, if you can believe that. She ended up getting married to uh, some soldier out there on the front lines. Oh, I believe he's in Kharkiv. So, we'll touch base with that story and so much more. Alright, so let me take a pause and I'll be back right after this. comedy though we still have great comedy out there there's always rambling joe biden what the f- joe says shit that even people at tourette's go no no what is going on joe is like your uncle who's got a new drug and hasn't got the dosage right i'm proud to work with barack america he's not a superhero you idiot come here when fdr was on television there was no tv back then come here joe sit down rambling joe biden what the f- 
You know who's got the hardest job tonight? Javier Bardem and his wife are both nominated. Now, if she loses, he can't win. <laughs> he is praying that Will Smith wins. Like, please, Lord. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Nick. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was a greatest night in the history of television. Okay. <laughs> okay. Shut the fuck up! All right, this is a pretty interesting story I came across. It seems, I guess, Kanye West, he's, you know, you know Kanye, he's the type of guy who's always got something to say, and sometimes it's a little, little cryptic, and sometimes it's a little controversial, and you know, people get twisted on some of the things he says, but again, this is another gentleman that's got an opinion, but it seems opinions are worth money these days, and... This particular opinion is about George Floyd, and the family wants to sue him because he says George Floyd died of, died of an overdose. And I guess they don't like it. They're going to sue him over it. It's come from the Post. I'm going to read, set you up for this. I'm going to play a little bit of the audio that um, NYP is um, putting out there. It's about 30 seconds of Kanye saying what he said. Anyhow... Real quick, the setup, it just says, George Floyd's family has said it may sue Kanye uh, Kanye West for suggesting Floyd's brutal caught-on-camera death under the knee of murderous Minnesota cop was really a fentanyl overdose. Quoting, while one cannot defame the dead, the family of George Floyd is considering suit for Kanye's false statements about the manner of his death. Their attorney, Lee Merritt, confirmed late Sunday. Again, this is almost parallel to what Alex Jones had said about Sandy Hook, you know, where he, he said that, you know, the parents were crisis actors or something like that to that effect. This is the same thing. This is a person with a, a notable figurehead with a voice who has an opinion being sued. And now it's Kanye West. So how much is this going to be worth? Are they going to try to break him too? I don't know. I don't know. Going on claiming Floyd died from fentanyl, not the brutality established criminally and civilly undermines and diminishes the Floyd's family's flight or fight, excuse me. Uh, Merritt said that the members of the Floyd family had <clears throat> contacted me distraught over the reprehensible remarks that Kanye shared in an hours long interview on the Dinks Champs podcast Sunday. During the boozy chat, West now using the name Ye. Yay, whatever, said he was inspired by watching The Greatest Lie Ever Sold, the documentary about Black Lives Matter by Candace Owens, whom the rapper modeled his controversial White Lives Matter t-shirts with. And it does have some sort of, I'll get to that in a second, it's some sort of Twitter. Somebody posted some Twitter shit. I, I don't know. 
I guess it's, I don't know who he is exactly. Oh, I guess he's a lawyer. Lee Merritt. Let's listen to this. 30 seconds of it. This is Kanye West talking about George Floyd's death and where he perceives it to be a fentanyl overdose, or at least it was the contributing factor to George Floyd's death. Let's take a listen to this. It's interesting. And you might hear some music pop up. That's New York Post. That's out of my control. They always stick in some ridiculous music or some sort of interlude to just jack you up. So here it is. Take a listen to this. I watched the George Floyd documentary that Candace Owens put up. One of the things that his two roommates said was they want a tall guy like me. They want a tall guy like me. And the day when he died, he said a prayer for, you know, eight minutes. He said a prayer for eight minutes. They hit him with the fentanyl. If you look, the the guy's knee wasn't even on his neck. I guess that was the comment they're referring to. Now, in Kanye's defense, okay, two weeks, okay, we all know the the video where we've seen, uh, what's his name, putting his knee on the back of George Floyd's neck. And we've seen other videos of the officers that were there, I guess, controlling the crowd as well. Uh, But it wasn't until two weeks after those initial Videos were released. Two weeks later, the district attorney released the final video that's actually about 30 minutes long showing George Floyd in the back of the police car prior prior to him being pulled out of that car and with the knee on his neck. And in that video, that 30-second video that was released two weeks after, two weeks during the riots, it wasn't until two weeks later that they released the, the DA decided to release the video showing George Floyd in the back, back of a police car where he was handcuffed, but nobody was touching him. And you can just see him flopping around the back of the, the police car, nobody touching him, screaming that he couldn't breathe. Uh, and it wasn't until toxicology reports had came out that said that they showed F, uh, methamphetamine as well as fentanyl in his system. So, of course, I mean, you put a concoction like that into your body. I mean, good night. You're going to take a dirt nap. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's just that's just crazy. Now, I'm not saying that the whole knee behind the neck, I mean, that's, I mean, he's gone. I, I, I'm i cool with that. If he's going to do time, he's going to do time. Uh, he was a dirty cop. I, I ain't got nothing to, I, I'm not going to defend that guy. But, again, two weeks, two weeks prior or after excuse me of the initial videos it wasn't until then that the da released released a 30 minute video showing george floyd in back of the police car nobody touching him handcuffed i think he was even hogtied if i'm not mistaken i'll have to pull up that video i don't know if you can even find it but nobody was touching him and he was just he was crazy he was out of control he was just hopped up you can see the surveillance camera inside the liquor store where he was trying to pass off the 20 dollar bill he was just wired he was off, he was off the Richter, so I uh, you know I, I, I in a way he's right. I mean fit, I mean now was it the cause of death? I think when you put into factor the drugs along with the knee behind the neck and just everything, everything all encompassing, you put it all together, it all contributed to his death. Not just the cop, the drugs, everything. So I, I don't know how they're going to get away with you know suing him. But it sounds like we're going down that road again, the whole Alex Jones lawsuit thing. But it quotes on to say, 
They said he screamed for his mama. Mama was his girl was his girlfriend. It's in the documentary, said Yee, who called himself Moses out here, and the new godfather, Michael Corleone. <laughs> that's how we roll. That's how I roll. Well, bigger go home. Chauvin. Okay, that's the cop's name. Chauvin. Uh, I, I had totally forgot. Who kept his knee on Floyd's neck, even after he'd gone limp, had also tried to blame drugs found in Floyd's system for his death. However, the medical examiner and a flurry of experts all made clear that the cause of death was a lack of oxygen compression of Floyd's neck. I mean, they said he was pumped up with... How can they say that the drugs wasn't a contributing factor to his death? I, I, that makes no sense. Of course it was. He was in back of the police car. He could not breathe. I seen the video. It's out there. You can go, I mean, see, here's the picture right here where the cops have pulled him back out of the car. He was in back of this SUV right here. And it was body cam footage that showed him. He was back in, in back of the car for like 30 minutes before they pulled him out, hogtied him. And as you see, there's Chauvin right there. And he's kneeled down over, over him. So all three of these guys were on top of him. He was out of control. He was on drugs, man. He was on methamphetamine and fentanyl. Come on, man. His heart must have been just jacked up. Just... No, that's a lot of damage. You know? <laughs> I, mean, you're, yeah, I mean, I don't mean to you know, laugh like that, but I mean, come on. Let's be realistic here. There's Chauvin. There's another cop right there. They're just kind of looking around. He's still got his knee on, the, on his back. And I'll tell you, I didn't understand that. I don't know why they put it in the back of his neck. I would, I'm not going to go down the whole case and everything, but he should have just put his knee on his you know, back, on his, where his shoulder blades are. You know what I'm saying? There's Floyd. I mean, you got to look at the, you have to look at the surveillance video inside the, the, the um, convenience store where he's trying to pass off that $20 bill. He was jacked up, man. I mean, he could not stand still. He was all fucked up. See, there he is before he gets pinched right there, and he's trying to explain himself. I guess he, he's been familiar with the guy. I guess him and Chauvin, they knew each other. They used to work together as bouncers in some club. I guess Chauvin had a side job being a bouncer, and I guess so did Floyd at the same place, and they might have had a beef prior to the whole meetup right here that we're all familiar with now. Chauvin accepted as much when he pleaded guilty to a federal charge for depriving Floyd of his constitutional right to be free from re unreasonable force from a police officer. The defendant held his left knee across Mr. Floyd's neck, back and shoulder, and his right knee on Mr. Floyd's back and arm. His plea agreement in that case stated, quoting as Mr. Floyd lay on the ground, handcuffed and unresisting, the defendant kept his knee on Floyd's neck and body, even after Mr. Floyd became unresponsive. The offense resulted in bodily injury too, and the death of George Floyd. It added. Uh, it just goes on to say, as well as a potential lawsuit, the statements by West, who is already under fire for anti-Semitism, uh, sparked further outrage by civil rights leaders. Activist Lance Cooper was among many who said that Floyd, that the Floyd family should sue Kanye, just like Sandy Hook family sued Alex Jones. <laughs> See, there you go. There you go. Just like I said. Here we go again. They're going to start suing people, famous pe people that got money. They're not suing the average Joe Schmo. They're just they're, they're suing people for fucking, because they got an opinion. 
George Floyd didn't die because of fentanyl, the racist, the racist overdose theory was used to smear his name in court. He died because Derek Chauvin kept his knee on Floyd's neck for nine and a half minutes, Cooper tweeted. Okay, that's not, that's not a good thing. You know, they could have hogtied him and thrown him back in the car. I get it. I know that. But how can you say it's a racist theory because he said he was pumped up on fentanyl? He was. He was pumped up on fentanyl and methamphetamine. How about some of you people that are listening right now? Take Try and do that concoction. Tell me how you're going to feel. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, hell no. Let's be realistic here, people. I mean, that's, that's two damn, two stupid things right here in this article. Dismissing the drug theory. Of a you know contributing to the to his overdose or to his death, and, and the lawsuit of Kanye West. Come on, are you fucking serious? Martin Luther King's youngest daughter, Bernice King, said she was praying for George Floyd's family, who, after erroneous, ter- terribly insensitive comments that never should have been made, are enduring more today than they were yesterday. During the chat, Kanye wore a cap with 2024 on the front and made clear that he planned another run for the White House. <laughs> Wrong. I don't think he's going to win. I give him credit for trying, though. I don't know, man. I mean, it, it's just, it, you know, listen, the guy had it. Obviously, he was a, he was a hustler. I'm not going to sit there and, dim- I, you can say I'm diminishing his character. You can call me a bigot or whatever. I'm just going to call you the way I see it, man. I see these characters all my whole life, man. Okay, I grew up around East Oakland. <laughs> I, I've seen characters like this all the time. Or I have. I mean, I don't live there now, finally. Got the hell out of there. It's a madhouse now. But you, you always got you know some guys running around there hustling. Trying to pass off a fake 20 high as fuck. You know? He's trying to buy a pack of bubble gum and then take the change and go to, around the corner and go get some crack or whatever his you know, flavor is. You know? Ask fucking uh, Hunter Biden, <laughs> right? He knows the scene. He's hustled. We've heard it on this podcast before. Him begging his uh, the chick they had an affair with his uh, brother's wife, begging for some money. He was desperate. He needed money. He needed money for fucking cracker meth. Same thing here. All right, people making him out to be a martyr. George Floyd's not a martyr. He's just a guy who gri- tried to grift off a fake twenty. He was high as fuck, and he died because that and the contributing factor of the the policeman, Chauvin, putting his neck on his or putting his knee on his neck. It's tragic. Don't get me wrong. It's it's hella tragic. I mean, this poor girl right here, is not going to see her father anymore. I get it. But as far as ye or Kanye West goes, right? He had an opinion. So what? You know, he had an opinion. I got an opinion about everything. What are you going to do? You know, hit me with a a billion dollar penalty? That's all they're trying to do. People are just trying to grift. And they're using Alex Jones's case to ride off of that. Using that as, you know, kind of more uh, uh, ammunition. See? Well, see, Alex Jones got hit with a billion dollars. Let's get Kanye West. He's doing the same thing. Kanye and Alex have an opinion. It's not worth a billion dollars. Opinions are for free. You should not be penalized for an opinion. I, I hope it's dismissed. I hope that that, that civil suit against Kanye, I, I hope it just goes away. That's just my opinion. For whatever it's worth.
So with the story I'm doing about Kanye West getting sued by George Floyd's family, because he got money and you know, I guess he had an opinion about George Floyd's death and he believes drugs was the, was the contributing factor to his death. Besides all that, I don't know, this this is kind of strange because I ran across this story now and it says Kanye West to buy social media platform Parler after censorship from big tech. And I was I was glancing through the article, and it's pretty amazing how his shoe industry, how much it's worth and everything, and it kind of does kind of lead up to the whole thing of why he's going to get sued by George Floyd's family, or possibly get sued. He hasn't been officially uh, been served any papers or anything like that yet. Yet. It says right here, Kanye West, the rapper and fashion designer who is now legally known as Yee, is said to be on the verge of buying social media app Parler just days after he was removed from mainstream platforms like Instagram, Twitter for anti-Semitic posts. Parliament Technologies, the parent company of Nashville, Nashville-based Parler, said it expects a deal to be completed later this year. So he is going to. He sounds like he's going to do it. The company, which has raised about fifty-six million dollars till to date, did not say how much Yee will pay for the acquisition. The acquisition. Parler, which launched in 2018 as a social media app that billed itself as one of one that allowed largely unmoderated content to contrast to Twitter and other platforms, was recently reinstated on Google and, apps, and Apple's app stores after being removed following the U.S. Capitol riots in January of, of 2021. Still didn't understand that. Twitter was putting out all kinds of video and, and people were tweeting all kinds of nonsense, so I don't know why Twitter didn't get hit either. That's beside the point. Yee's bizarre comments in recent weeks about Jews has uh, coincided with the end of his corporate partnership with apparel retailer Gap. Adidas, the German-based sporting goods giant which sells Yee's apparel line, has announced that it has put the partnership under review. The rapper has also had problems with major social media platforms being restricted a number of times. And most recently, West was locked out of Instagram by Facebook parent meta platforms for posts that online users condemned as anti-Semitic. He then moved to Twitter posting for the first time in two years, quoting, In a world where conservative opinions are considered to be controversial, we have to make sure we have the right to freely express ourselves, he said in a statement. Yeah, he's right. He seemed to have joined Parler on Monday and had about 91 followers at the time of the announcement. 91 followers? I guess nobody really figured he was on Parler. I didn't know. The American rapper had announced in 2020 that he would run for president in an apparent challenge to former President Donald Trump, but later pulled out. Parler has also garnered attraction from supporters of Trump. Last month, Parler created a new parent company, Parliament Technologies, as part of an overhaul. Yee's remarks about Jews have landed the rapper in hot water. In 2018, Yee allegedly professed his love for Adolf Hitler. Oh, hell no! Well, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hear about this one. Uh, and telling TMZ that slavery, slavery was a choice. Van Lathan, the co-host of the Higher Learning Podcast, said last week that Yee made the comments on camera, but that his then-employer TMZ decided to censor the remarks. Earlier this year, Yee was locked out of his Instagram account, which, after sharing a uh, after sharing a since deleted screenshot of a text exchange with Sean Love Combs, the rapper formerly known as Diddy, Yee accused Combs of being used by Jewish people. Last year, Bloomberg reported that West 
had $122 million in cash and stock, as well as billions more in other assets, including his apparel lines. See, that's that. Then, see, when you start talking, when you start saying the word billions, that's how I'm kind of tying in the whole George Floyd family uh, wanting to assume over that little 30 second comment that he made. Last year, Bloomberg report. Oh, I just read that. In 2020 alone, West made $191 million from royalties paid out by Adidas. Wow. In total, the Swiss bank UBS valued his sneaker and apparel business over which West retained sole creative and ownership control at somewhere between $3.2 billion, that's with a B, and $4.7 billion last year, according to Bloomberg. Last year, West signed a 10-year deal with Gap, which... Uh, predicts sales to exceed $1 billion of Yeezy apparel by next year. West Yeezy Gap line includes hoodies, t-shirts, and anoraks that are offered at more affordable price. Anoraks, I don't know what that is. <laughs> is that underwear or something? I don't know. Yes, I, I mean, I, I'm just thinking that maybe... Damn ads. I'm, I'm just thinking that maybe... You know, th- this is just an indication to me, you know, in regards to the whole George Floyd issue, you know, of, of the family suing him. I mean, he's got a lot of money. He's got fuck you money. I think, he, I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to get into the whole anti-Semitic rant about the Jews or whatever. I mean, the anti-Semitic, you know, rhetoric. I'm, I'm not going to get into that because I don't know what the whole, what he was feeling at the time. I mean, he's all over the place with his statement, so I don't know what he's thinking. But as far as, you know, his opinion and him wanting to, you know, speak freely, it just looks like he's another guy out here that's, you know, going to buy up another, you know, social media platform where people can speak freely about their opinions. And I think, I don't know if this this is just going to be, you know, more fuel in the fire to get him sued to, to try to shut him down. He's all about, he's a free thinker. He's a free speecher. You know what I'm saying? A free speaker, I should say, not speecher. It's the wrong word. That's gonna. That's pretty interesting. But it sounds like it's a done deal because they're talking about what closing the deal in November. Is that what it said? So, all right, we'll see what happens. But pretty interesting, man. Yeezy's all over the place these days, man. You are listening to the World of Games podcast. things I've been fascinated with is that story coming out of LA with the city council members under the hot mic, you know, making all those racist comments uh, about pretty much anybody and everybody you could think of. And uh, also with their, I guess, you know, the comments they had made with their fellow council member, Mike Bonin, who him and I guess his husband or whatever, uh, they adopted a black kid and they had some comments about that, which I thought was pretty insulting. Even though Mike Bonnet is a dirtbag, it's just the nature of the conversation. And, uh, you know, this is probably something that's not new. I think we all know that many of these people behind closed doors talk a lot of trash. But it's just the nature uh, of, of the conversation that is really, 
you know, disturbing to me, but it's fascinating because I'm watching this unfold with the people of Los Angeles and how many people are coming out in droves. And now they're at the point where they are camping out in front of uh, one of the council members, Kevin DeLeon's house. And uh, they're asking for his resignation. They got tents up and everything. They got a whole bunch of people out there with signs and bullhorns and everything. And it's really fascinating to me. I, I kind of, I enjoy it because, you know, we, we don't need these type of people running our cities, right? So anyhow, I had put together a couple of stories coming out of the L.A. area. One is from CBS affiliate out of Los Angeles. I don't know if they got any, no, they just say CBS. And I think we'll listen to both of them. Pretty much they're going to say the same thing, I would assume. Um, another one's from the ABC affiliate, 7. I thought ABC 7 uh, was in Bay Area, but I guess they're everywhere. I don't know. Anyhow, let's take a listen to this. See what's going on. I guess over the weekend, they had, like I said, they had just, you know, pitched tents like homeless people. <laughs> they just were demanding him to leave. I don't know if DeLeon was there. Well, I guess we'll find out here in a second together. Let's take a listen. Let me pull this up in just case I pop this up on video. Here we go. Got all queued up, ready to go for you guys. And uh, hopefully we don't get hit with those nasty adverts. Let's go ahead. This one right here, this first one, this is CBS Los Angeles, and they're talking about this this protest that's popped up in front of Kevin DeLeon's house. All right, here we go. Another day of protesters camping outside of L.A. City Councilman Kevin DeLeon's home demanding he resign. Members of Black Lives Matter LA have set up tents just down the street from DeLeon's home in Eagle Rock. They say they'll stay there until he resigns. It's been a week since secretly recorded audio was leaked with racist and crude remarks by DeLeon and three others on the recordings council members had referenced. 20- I, I, I got to stop right there. I got an, a, a quick opinion about the Black Lives Matter showing up now. I was kind of in this whole idea that uh, eh, it's okay, you know, whatever. You know, if, if there's something we can agree on, you know, maybe this would be it with Black Lives Matter. I don't agree with them at all. But I think there's more of an underlying issue with them showing up out, out of the blue. And that is, I think, what they want them to do is resign so they could get one of their cronies to go in there and take the seat, which you don't want to have uh, to have happen. You don't want any BLM running the city. You don't want them to take that seat. No way. So I think there's an underlying issue why all of a sudden they're coming up and protesting. I don't think it has anything to do with racism. I think it's a power move, you know, just to, to force them out. That's my opinion. I, I think that I, I think I'm on the right track about that, but. I digress. 25 black people in the chamber yelling at them at one point. Yeah. Intimidation. We as Black Lives Matter Los Angeles have chosen to bring last night to have brought 25 black people to his house to yell at him to resign. And so we're showing the power that just 25 black people have. Activists are also pushing for Gil Cedillo to resign. Former council president Nuri Martinez has already stepped down. Yeah, you know what I mean? There's there's some sort of grip to it. I I, I think their intentions are not... Shut up. I think there's more to the whole thing. I think what they're trying to do is they are trying to uh, persuade them, intimidate them to leave so they can take over the, the seats. 
Because why would they go after, you know, you know, the Latinos, right? I mean, I understand that they, they took cheap shots at the, at the black kid, you know, Bonin's black kid. And they said some things about, uh, what's his name, the DA, George Gascon. And you can hear uh, one of the council members saying that, you know, Gascon was, you know, quote unquote, with the blacks, which is a pretty you know, racist trope in itself. But, uh, you know, it's it just kind of weird. Black Lives Matter never really protested against the Latino community ever. Never. Right now, all of a sudden, they, they're, they're protesting against these three, these three uh, brown supremacists. You know what I mean? Usually they're after the white people, right? There's a, there's an underlying issue there. I don't know what it is. They, they have some sort of... There's an agenda there. And it's not just, you know, because they, they feel there's racism in City Hall. Or they would have talked about that a long time ago. They would have been all up in their asses a long time ago. There, there's, there's an underlying issue there. So I, I'm just keeping that... In perspective, because I think that's what's going on there with the, with the Black Lives Matter showing up in front of their, the guy's home, De Leon's home. So here's another one. There's another report, a little longer. This right here is coming from ABC7 out of LA, and uh, it's the same thing about uh, BLM in front of Kevin De Leon's house. Maybe we can get a little bit more information on that. Let's see what's going on here. Is calling for LA City Councilman Kevin DeLeon to resign. They're still camped outside his home in Eagle Rock this morning. Eyewitness News reporter Irene Cruz live in the studio with the very latest. Irene. Hi, good morning. Yeah. The pressure just continues to ramp up. It's been a little more than a week since that racism scandal with the LA City Council first started with the leaked audio. Some involved have stepped down, but protesters are still calling for council members Kevin DeLeon and Gil Cedillo to resign. This time, protesters are camped outside one of their homes to make a point. Take a look. These are live pictures outside the home of Councilmember DeLeon's home in Eagle Rock. Black Lives Matter protesters have been staging a camp out since Sunday morning. They have been calling for him to resign after he, Councilmember Gil Cedillo, and former Council President Nuri Martinez were part of leaked audio involving racist remarks. The conversation itself was about redrawing city district lines in favor of Latinos. Former Council President Nuri Martinez and former L.A. County Federation of Labor President Ron Herrera have already stepped down and protests caused City Council to cancel Friday's scheduled meeting. Many protesters outside DeLeon's house have been against him. Other constituents showed up to support all the work he's done. It doesn't matter what personal things he's done for people. It doesn't matter how he's helped a particular group of people. We want representation that helps everyone. Kevin... For years, I know him. I, I can assure you he's not a racist. Uh, he's worked to build uh, bridges between all communities. Black Lives Matter protesters want the council's redistricting decisions and other policies that affect the black community to be reviewed. So all eyes are trained on what happens next with this. The city council's next meeting is scheduled for tomorrow and is expected to be held virtually. We'll just have to see what the council members decide to ultimately do. Hello, I'm Mark Brown. Get yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just find it really fishy because if you look here, let me back this up. Let me see if I can find it. Look at this. I mean, you look right here, right? These four tents right here, those are brand new, right? 
that indicates to me that's an organized situation right there. That's an organized protest, event, whatever you want to call it. Um, and also they got, let's see, where's that? I mean, I mean, like, <laughs> you got people setting up the tables. You got pizza going on over here. So this is definitely an organized event by BLM, Los Angeles, whatever. There's an agenda here. Now, again, I agree with them. You know, hey, you know, they, they got to go. If, if, you, you can't have that type of tension running a city, a city knowing that there's three or four of these people running City Hall that have, you know, racist ideology, right? But you don't need BLM to come over and start, you know, setting up tents and stuff like that. Hold on a second. Let me pop this off. Yeah, I mean, it's just way too obvious. Something's going on. I think what they're trying to do is weasel their way into City Hall. That's what they do. That's what Marxists do. They, they try to... Uh, work their way into our uh, our government, our schools, our healthcare system, all that. I mean, they're, they're you know that's how they fuck up shit. You know, they get in positions of power and they start you know screwing with our livelihoods. That's what Marxists do. BLM is no exception. So I think there is an agenda. That's just my personal opinion. I guess there's going to be a council member meeting, so it's going to be interesting to check it out tomorrow. I'm going to definitely be following up on that. I mean, yeah, we'll see. But again, you know, it, it, it BLM being there, I, I think, uh, I don't know. It seems kind of shady to me, but um, we'll see. comedy though we still have great comedy out there there's always rambling joe biden what the f joe says shit that even people with tourettes go no no what is going on joe is like your uncle who's got a new drug and hasn't got the dosage right i'm proud to work with barack america he's not a superhero you idiot come here when fdr was on television there was no tv back then come here joe <laughs> sit down Rambling Joe Biden. What the f for the state legislature? This is this is if so. In any case, Mark this Mark All right, there's this one story that's going around. I really dug deep trying to find some audio from this this particular story, and what it's about is I guess the the first lady, Jill Biden, the supposed first lady, the supposed doctor. Uh, she had went to a Philadelphia Eagles game. I guess they were playing Dallas. And, uh, the Eagles, I didn't know. I haven't been following the, the stats. But I guess, uh, the Eagles are, they're, um, undefeated at this moment. Uh, so I don't know. Did Dallas kick their ass finally and bump them off that seat or what? <laughs> I don't know. I have to check the score. Uh, anyhow, Jill Biden was at the, at the game. And I guess she was, she went out on the field and they did the Eagles chant. You know, I, I forget what it's, how it goes. I'm not an Eagles fan. I don't know. I hear a lot of, I have a friend who's an Eagles fan. He's out, actually lives out in Philadelphia now. Um, 
and I talk to him every now and then, but he didn't text me about this one. But it's pretty interesting. Um, I, I, I dug so deep trying to find this audio uh, of the crowd booing her when she came out. I guess it was merciless. They describe it as mercilessly booing her. <laughs> but I can't find the audio. They're do, the, the audio, excuse me. They, uh, for some reason, you, you just can't find it. Uh, unless somebody's got it taped on YouTube TV or something like that. Maybe you can pull up the audio. But I have not heard it. I can't find it anywhere. I've looked even in some of these foreign news agencies, like Hindu TV and all this other. <laughs> it's really interesting how they have suppressed this this one particular article. Uh, I mean, you can get the article and you can get screenshots. There is one, though, I did come across. This has come from the Post. Oh, this is not the Post. Where's that? Who's it from? Some... It's just some, I don't know, they're called American News. I never heard of them. they got a YouTube channel called American News. Regardless, we're going to take a listen to this. This is not the booing. It's just her, I guess I'm just putting this out there. I don't know, for all you Eagle fans. She's just standing there with a bunch, a couple other people. Eagle, I guess Philadelphia Eagle representatives of the team or something like that. They're out in the field. And you can hear her and see her. I'll put this up, just in case I put this on video. Uh, and she's just standing there in the middle of the field, I guess before the game, and they're chanting the Eagles chant. So t- let's take a listen to this real quick. And I don't know. She she doesn't know what she's saying. She doesn't know how the chant goes. I don't know how the chant goes. So in her defense, I, I give her a little, you know, a little credit there. Take a listen to this. There she is. She doesn't know the words. She's trying her best. She, she didn't know what the hell she was doing. And again, in her defense, I mean, I wouldn't either. Um, and I wish I could give you the audio of the people booing, but uh, but I can't find it. But it does say there was no brother brotherly love for the first lady, Joe Biden, from Philadelphia Eagles fans Sunday night. Biden, who was raised just outside Philadelphia and doesn't hide her support for the city's pro teams, was greeted with boos as she took part in the coin toss prior to the matchup between the Eagles and, and the Dallas Cowboys. The first lady was serving as the Eagles' honorary captain for the game and was also present to promote the Biden administration's cancer moonshot initiative. (laughs) Jill Biden received a traditional greeting from the Philadelphia faithful as she took the field with cancer patients, survivors, and their families. Okay, that's who was standing next to her, were cancer patient survivors. Okay? All right. Shout out to them. But... uh, the jeering did not go unnoticed on social media, it says, and it does have uh, some people that I guess had posted some Twitter remarks. And quickly, there's a guy named Clay Harbor. Don't know him. He's a blue checker. It says, Philly just boo Jill Biden bad with a crying emoji, laughing crying emoji, if you know what that is. Hashtag fly, Eagles fly. <laughs> uh, Phil the Godfather. I guess he's with sports better. I don't know nothing about them. He's another blue checker. He says, a stadium full of Eagles fans boo Jill Biden tonight. They must be all from five surrounding counties. (laughs) And Sunday Night Football on NBC. Oh, well, maybe we do have something here. 
It just says, Flotus le leads the crowd in Fly Eagles Fly ahead of kickoff. I don't know if we'll hear the booze. I'll just play it real quick. I don't know. We'll probably just hear the same thing we just heard already. Come on. Huh. The First Lady, Dr. Jill Biden, here tonight and a moment ago leading the crowd in a rendition of Fly Eagles Fly. Um, yeah, that's all you're going to hear. I, I would assume that it's just when she was walking out in the field and then everybody seen her on the big screen, they're like, you know. <laughs> so I think that's what was going on. So the first lady also led fans in the rendition of Eagles uh, fly, Fight Song, Fly Eagles Fly, a portion of which was aired on NBC's Sunday Night Football. No booing could be heard during the snippet played on the broadcast. Boo. That's the boo. And as you can see, got a picture of the doctor right there. With her, you know, fist pumping. I don't think she even knows how, how football's played. She's probably, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I just have a strong feeling she doesn't know what's up. And there's the fans. And shout out to you guys. I'm not a Philadelphia Eagles fan, but you booed the first lady. Congratulations. I support that. <laughs> and who? I, I wonder who won. It doesn't say. Philadelphia sports fans are notoriously... Canter, I don't know, Cantacurious. I, I don't know what the hell that word is. It's right here if you're watching. In 1968, Eagles fans mercilessly booed and threw snowballs at a man dressed as Santa Claus who appeared on the field during halftime of a late-season game. Uh, President Biden himself, an Eagles fan, noted the disagreeable nature of Philly fans back in May of 2021, saying that, quote-unquote, Philadelphia fans are the most informed and most obnoxious fans in the world. <laughs> and it's got some pictures of her coming out. This is this is probably the moment right here when she got booed when she walked out into the field to do the coin toss. So I think that's what that I think that's when it happened. I can't find the video. I don't know how to find the video. I've looked everywhere up and down the internet. Somehow Google has just taken that off. But that if this is true, that's not saying too much about how the people's approval. In, in Philadelphia of, of the president. They're booing his wife. <laughs> and it's got some, got her standing next to some, uh, some fans, some cancer patient survivors, I would assume. So good for her. And it just finishes up saying, however, the city sports teams are going through a mini revival at the moment with the Eagles defeating the Cowboys 26-17. So there you go. Congratulations. You guys are now uh, at 6-0. and the Phillies knocked out the defending champion Atlanta Braves to advance in the National League Championship Series and the Philadelphia Union topping Major League Soccer's Eastern Conference. So Philadelphia is on the roll. Now all you have to do is make sure you don't get Fetterman in there. And then Pennsylvania's got a shot in being great again. So there you go. I just wanted to update you on that. Dr. Jill Biden getting booed at the Philly game. Congratulations, doctor. Guys, here's a story. It's a story about love and war. Actually, it's war led to love. If you can imagine it, this is this is interesting. It's definitely a first. I, I don't do too much, too many romance stories. So maybe some of my lady listeners out there will appreciate it. And I'm doing this story. Very fascinating. 
Very interesting. Lucky guy by the looks of the bride. Bride to be. Uh, but this is uh, this one's a story about a Ukraine Joan of Arc sniper. Avigina, Avigina, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce it. Evgenia, let me pull this up so you can see. Evgenia Emerald wed soldiers she met on front lines. I, I don't know if she's a famous person in Ukraine, but uh, I, I'm not quite sure. But it says it wasn't a different kind of shotgun wedding. Famed Ukrainian sniper Evgenia Emerald, known as her country's Joan of Arc, tied the knot with the man she met at the start of the Russian invasion. The 31-year-old sniper and fellow soldier Evgenia Stipulinyuk, I apologize, people, uh, they were married Friday near the front line of the war in a ceremony held in a forest in Kharkiv. The wedding date was especially meaningful to the couple as Friday was Defender's Day, a public holiday honoring veterans and fallen members of Ukrainian armed forces. It also happened to be Stepanyuk's birthday. I'm sorry, I cannot pronounce that shit. I, I, I just can't. I'm sorry. A military general officiated the wedding for the pair, who fell in love soon after the war began in February and quickly became engaged in August and has pictures of the wedding. And there she is. <laughs> I'll give you credit, man. That's a sniper? I would never picture a hot-looking sniper, man. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. It'd be kind of, I mean, jeez, I don't know. She's, sitting, she's got a picture for you guys listening in a wedding dress, and also she has camouflage jacket over her shoulder, I guess, to keep her warm. It could be her, her husband's jacket, and she's got a what looks to be a, a pretty, pretty nice-looking assault weapon in her hand. <laughs> Ooh, I hate to get into an argument with her. Uh, quoting, we understand that every day it could be the last one and we don't want to postpone life for later, Emerald wrote in an Instagram. In photos shared to social media, Emerald can be seen wearing a long white wedding gown while her husband opted to wear his military uniform and carry a gun. Instead of flowers, the bride held ears of wheat in her arms. And there is the, the wedding photo. I mean, good looking couple. Don't get me wrong. Good looking woman, man. I mean, I, I, I'm just kind of blown away with the fact that she's a well-known sniper in Ukraine. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty, uh, pretty cool. Uh, here's some other pictures. Just out in the middle, they're out in the middle of the woods. Think of the Ukrainian flag here. I'm not quite sure what, what this flag is next to it. You guys can educate me in the comment sections. And there's another picture of her. Uh... I guess, and just in regular, you know, civilian clothing, a civilian dress. And uh, a man, I'm telling you, she looks pretty damn primo. Good for him. Congratulations. And there she is uh, in the prone position. I, be I believe that's what it would be. Prone position. She's laid down on the ground, belly down, and she's ready. It looks like to shoot somebody in the head. <laughs> I like that. It's pretty hot, man. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm one of those guys that, you know, I find women with guns kind of hot, kind of sexy. I don't know. That's just me, though. I'm a whack job. What the hell do I know? Uh, she shared moments from her perfect day on Instagram, writing that she, quote-unquote, could not imagine a more ideal wedding. And today I officially became the wife of a military man. It happened on the front line, and the general of the armed forces of Ukraine conducted the ceremony, Emerald said. 
This is a special day. There are a lot of holidays. I want to congratulate all the defenders. Glory to the heroes. I also congratulate my beloved because today it's his birthday. Now he will definitely never forget the date of his wedding. That's a smart move right there. <laughs> I, I've, I, I mean, come on. I mean, pretty smart. And there they are. They're walking off. She's got the, the little handful of wheat. Before the war, Emerald worked in the jewelry business, but when Russia launched its invasion on her home, she joined the defense and eventually became part of the Special Forces Regiment, Safari. That's the name of it, Safari. The wedding was held just days after Russia coordinated an airstrike targeting nearly every major city in Ukraine. The massive attack killed civilians and destroyed infrastructure with an asserted attempt to wipe out the, the vital Crimean Bridge. Wow. Explosions rang, uh, rang out across Ukraine's capital early Monday morning as Iranian-made kamikaze-style drones struck Kyiv. Buildings were ablaze following the attack, which was targeting energy facilities, and at, less, and at least three people were killed. And in all that, these two lovebirds found the time to get hitched. I have no problem with it. I think that's, I think that's really cool, man. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm looking at her, and this guy, God bless him, man. <laughs> He's got a pretty damn good-looking woman, man. Woo! <laughs> Sorry, ladies, if I come off like a sexist or whatever the hell. But, I mean, hey, I mean, even in time of war, I mean, I, I get it, you know. Live it like you're, it's your last moment. You never know. So, congratulations to them. All right, guys, that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for stopping by. Real quick, I'm fully aware. It's Tuesday. I know this episode came a little late. Don't shoot me. Don't sue me, I should say. Let's don't, don't sue me. I'm not Yeezy, so let's not, let's not go there. I'm not rich like him. I don't got billions, all right? I'm lucky if I got a couple bucks in my back pocket. So don't, <laughs> don't come after me, all right? Uh, real quick. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe to my Twitter page at RealWOD. That's where I put out all the links to the videos that come from this podcast over on Rumble. YouTube, I'll be starting up YouTube real soon when I start off my vacation. Now, be coming up in the month of, what did I say it was? Probably in November. Uh, I'll be gone and may come back in December. Sometime in December, I'll be periodically dropping episodes, but... To be sure when I do drop an episode or any related stories to whatever I talk about on the podcast and all the links to the videos, go over to my Twitter page at The Real WOD. I really appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe, like, favorite, share, all that good stuff. All right. All right. That's it. All this crazy editing, man, I, I, there was a lot to cut up. <laughs> there was tons of stuff I had. I didn't get to all of it. So I hope you appreciate this episode. Uh, I had fun doing it, but it was a really tedious, this particular one, for some reason. It's a long story. Won't get into it. All right. Enough of that. I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm a ghost. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful day. I will talk to you Friday. I'm going to put one out on Friday. Okay? So, Thursday or Friday. I think Friday would be much more better. And then next week, two episodes more, and then the Halloween special, and then that's it. That's it, and it's vacation time. That will be the end of the season, all right? Okay, guys, talk to you guys soon. Peace out.